What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideShareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. You know, it's it's crazy what some people <laughs> do. It really is. So, um, nice piece of news that we saw today, although not really sure what the niceness of it is. I was just glad to see it was that, uh, Jeff Bezos will be stepping down as CEO of Amazon. Um, I just started catching the news about an hour ago. It's, I started seeing it. So I'm not sure if, if they have in mind who's replacing him. Haven't seen full details on the reporting, but, uh, and I don't know why I even like this, but I do. And I think it's because this first thing I want to talk about today is something that's been going on for a little bit here now. But um, so Amazon a couple years back went under some scrutiny of taking flex drivers tips. Um, I know that um, we've, you know, we've seen this in uh, with, was it, was it DoorDash and Instacart? Um, two app-based companies that were kind of doing the same thing. Let me make sure it was DoorDash before I accuse them, even though they're accusatory. Yeah, it was DoorDash. So, um, so this is on a little bit larger scale. So, let me see. Let me see what I can see here. So, uh, okay. Federal Trade Commission Commissioner uh, Rohit Copra made a statement today. Today, the FTC is sanctioning Amazon for expanding its business empire by cheating its workers. Amazon stole nearly one-third of drivers' tips to pad its own bottom line. Now, that is quote-unquote from the FTC Commissioner uh, Rohit Copra today. And um, the agreement that was made is that Amazon has agreed to pay $61.7 million to settle allegations that it stole its Amazon Flex driver tips over a two-and-a-half-year period. Um, yeah, when does this stuff end? I mean, when do these come? When, what's enough is enough. And honestly, you know, we bag on Uber and all the other gig type jobs that we talk about here on the show and on uberliftdrivers.com but to be honest this one's just it just feels scummier because it's Jeff Bezos and Amazon um you know i mean i don't know the richest man in the world is is scamming and baiting and just dirtbag moves um, so blah, blah, blah. What else should we say about this? Um, so Amazon flex drivers, um, on average, according to Amazon earn 25 an, an hour. Now that's with tips and other things. And on average, however, this story changed a lot because 
Um, not only did were they taking the tips to pad the hours, so what they were doing was, you know, they were allocating the amount of hours for the amount of drivers in the area, and then what it would need to pay those drivers, and if it didn't hit that number, it was using the tips to offset it. So, I mean, just as scumbag as you can get, bottom line, I mean, it's... You know, the people who, we all know this, but the people who need to be taken advantage of least in this world um, are once again being screwed over. And, you know, it's, from what I've read, from everything I've read on this, I'm bothered because all the articles seem the same. So we got the Amazon team or whoever is doing the meetings with with press on this basically saying that... Uh, um, you know, we're just glad to see this put to rest, and we're going to pay the sixty-one million seven hundred and ten thousand five hundred and eighty-three dollars. Okay, and that's how much they owe. So they're going to pay that to the to the shorted to compensate the shorted drivers. But they're just glad to see it behind them. If they were glad to see it behind them, why didn't they just pay the drivers? Why why are we glad to see this behind us, Amazon? Why? Why weren't you full frontal and saw this coming and knew, let's not rip these drivers off. Let's just pay them what we, what we, the agreed upon price. You know, why is everything got to be, we're just happy to put this behind us. You're, you're grant You're so you're, you're glad to put your crimes behind you. That sounds good. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of criminals out there too, who are in jail, who would love to put their crimes behind them. Okay, but it doesn't work that easy. You can't just say it and it's done. Um, so just word for the week. Uh, magic word for the week is scumbaggy. Um, I don't know. When I say that word, I think of Jeff Bezos. So there we go. Uh, a lot of this reporting can be found on Vice, Motherboard. Um, I read another piece on uh, CNBC and... I can't remember what else I was looking at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just let's see. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. In addition to the $610,710,583 Amazon must pay to compensate drivers, the company will be prohibited, prohibited from misleading drivers about their expected pay, the percentage of their tips that will go to them, and what qualifies as a tip. Okay, you know what? The company will be prohibited from misleading drivers about their pay. Okay, you know what? Why don't we just call it what it is? From now on, you guys can't scam drivers anymore. You need to be honest with them up front. When you hire them at a rate, that's the rate you must pay them. If that sounds familiar to anybody at all, that's because that's how people hire people and that's why people take jobs. They go meet, they see if they like each other, good fit, and then, yeah, I like this guy, I like this candidate, yeah, I like this this place to work, I'd do that. Well, now let's agree on the terms and the money and all that. Um, so what's been happening up till now is that it's kind of been like that. I know it's a gig job, but okay, so you got the the parties coming together. You know, yeah, I'm going to do it for this. Yeah, we want to do this. Yeah, it's a deal. So up until now, Amazon's just been lying. Like, well, we will only pay you that if 
if the area in which you work is making enough and the tips offset everything and then you might get most of your tips um but i'm I'm pretty sure that that's not in the fine print that everybody clicked i agree to or whatever so to be honest um the company will be prohibited from misleading drivers why don't you just say what it is the company will now be required to be honest with drivers about their pay there you go let's not let's not mince words here folks okay i mean a a, a criminal is a criminal a, a thief is a thief this company is scum and you know like many i use them too especially in this pandemic heck i mean we're all cutting some weird situations here yeah i've had to use amazon but it's things like this that just make me disgusted um you know, I mean, find these people more than to the – what happened here was to the dollar what they owe their drivers they're going to pay. Okay, well, why the hell isn't the FTC coming down on them harder and fining them? Don't just make them pay what they owe. That's what any company has to do is pay what you owe. And Amazon of all companies can afford it. So you know what? No. Make Amazon pay fees. Make make things happen here. Make make some kind of driver. F- I, I don't even know. I don't even know. But all I know is this is is they basically got caught st- not paying their employees enough or what the guaranteed or, or the agreed upon price, and now they're being told, "Well, you you do have to pay that because that was the agreed upon price." Okay. Well, we all know that. I mean, is it, is it just me? Am I sitting here crazy? Or is this just beyond ridiculous from a person, Jeff Bezos, who's the richest person in the world? I mean, I know $61 million is a lot of money. I'm glad to see it's getting, you know, nailed to him and that he's getting caught here. Um, and that the company's getting caught. I'm glad to see he's stepping down. Because I think that, you know, obviously he's a sharp person. He's... Um, you know, he's he saw how to play systems and angles and uh, and how to uh, take advantage of something that too many companies have been taking advantage of, um, which is online marketplaces and, and angles on it. But Amazon really had a foothold. And the scumbagginess like this is what, you know, people need to hear about and see because... You know those drivers out there who are who are working for you, who you you see the commercials of the clean trucks and all this and that and the other. It's not how it is. If they're getting their money stolen from them, they're working for a scum workplace and a scummy boss. And um, sixty-one million dollars needs to be paid back. I mean, find them more FTC. You know, I mean, I don't know. It seems like you. It. I, I really feel like you're letting Amazon off the hook here. That's what it feels like. We got some interesting news um, in India regarding Uber today. I thought, well, actually regarding all gig jobs, which I thought was kind of an interesting. Um, I think it's. An, I think it's a very interesting um, idea here. I would want to look at it from a bunch of angles before I would say I love this one specifically, but I like the idea. Um, 
as we all know, this uh, this time, this pandemic has put us in and uh, the PUA, and without getting into additional PUA and second round PUA, where we are just right now, PUA, um, gig workers shouldn't have received, well, not shouldn't have, normally would not have received this. We did because everybody's been told to shut down and be home, and that's been almost a year now. Um, in India, the union budget Monday proposed to set up a database for what they labeled the informal sector employees. So that would include gig platform workers, um, uh, building, construction, rideshare, um, you name it. And basically, it would offer a way for social security numbers to collect benefits to them even as you switch back and forth amongst the gigs. So this will help, supposedly this would help to formulate um, health, housing, uh, skill, insurance, uh, credit, um, things of that nature. So uh, it wouldn't turn everybody into employees, but it would allow independent contractors to have a database some way or means, whether it be through the gig companies themselves, the people, um, some kind of matching money situation. I'm not really sure. But to somehow start making a database for gig workers so that they have, we have a system to pull funds out of. Now, this is in India, and I know it's not, you know, this doesn't, by no means does this sound in a paragraph or two, um, like something we could implement here, but it's a, it's something that um, it's interesting to me. I, I like to see this, and I will like to see where this goes because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the gig worker situation is still being redefined. We talk about this all the time on the show, and I think that uh, this will inevitably be a step. I don't know if it'll exactly be a database of social security worker, social security numbers for a database of gig workers. I don't know. Um, but something, something. <laughs> and again, we notice that still um, Lyft and Uber competing about taking you to your vaccination appointment. I talked about, I hit on this a little bit last week, but honestly, um, Lyft and Uber aren't pushing hard enough to get their drivers inoculated. So if, if you're not going to get the vaccine as a driver, you shouldn't be driving everybody to their appointment with the vaccines. It's just in no way does this make sense. Um, I think that drivers are put into an awful situation as it is with coronavirus. Pretty much the worst of, of a lot of workers. Um, you know, minus like doctors and nurses. Um, I, you know, I really don't know who's in more of a situation with coronavirus because a car is just a petri dish um, during cold and flu season. But you know, just for anything really, it's just a petri dish. You know, people are in and out of your car. They're grabbing your handles. They're touching your uh, window to put it up or down. They're, you know, who knows? And it's just. 
you know, I know as a driver of so many years, like how much cleaning went into my day, you know, I mean, I know that I ended every day with getting the car cleaned, filling it up with gas so that I was ready the next morning to just hit the road. So I didn't have to do anything in the mornings. That was always a big, you know, sometimes people ask me exactly like, what was my pattern or, you know, what were, what were the tricks of the trade for me? You know, how did I make it work? Well, that's one of them, you know, one, the number one, one was to just, you know, to, to make a schedule on the days I was working. So, you know, if I was working a 10 hour drive day tomorrow and it's five o'clock right now, and today I'm getting off to be with my son and make dinner and I'm meeting him at six and it's five, I'm not going to go for that last one ride or two rides. I might take one, but then I'm going to get the car cleaned, fill it up with gas and then bring it home so that I'm really ready for a full day tomorrow again. Um, so no matter what that took, that, that always happened in my routine, but, um, regardless back to the vaccine, I mean, you know, the vaccines aren't being rolled out quick enough. Uh, Uber drivers and Lyft, Uber and Lyft are, are just trying to command the helm of taking people to appointments yet. Um, they're not doing anything to make sure the drivers I, drivers who are being put into this batch of drivers who are being uh, given rides to get, take people to their vaccination should only be pooled from drivers who have had the vaccination. So if you followed me there, so if you're like, like, like we talked about last week, lift priority or, um, priority mode or poverty mode. Um, you know, it's like they want another 10%. They'll make sure that you get more rides. Well, that means that you're able to, that means they're starting to use filters on the, on the platforms. And if that's the case, use filters on your drivers where if they've been vaccinated, they can take people to vaccination sites. Okay. If they can't, if they haven't been, they can't. I mean, it's that simple. You should not have people jumping in and out who have had the shot anyway. Sometimes people get really sick for 12, 14, 18 hours after the shot. Um, I'm just hearing lots of things. The shot did not have any testing um, before it was released. It was an, it was a push through from the FDA. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that in a few years we'll look back on, you know, what all was done and maybe the FDA will, you know, clarify a few things and some tweaks will have to be made. That's why I'm not a big person wanting, I'm not a, I'm not a person wanting to jump right in front of the line to get this vaccine. I'll tell you, um, with four out and two more coming. And the fact that, uh, now we have COVID-19, we have the, uh, UK variant, we have the African variant and we have the Brazilian variant. That's four COVID-19s. If you, if you include the original one, and then we don't know anything about what the vaccine does for the others. And as far as I knew, too, India has one, too. India has a, a virus of its own breaking out a bit, but I can't find that one in print. The only four that are being mentioned are the one that it, we all know about, COVID-19, that's everywhere, and then the new three variants from the UK, Africa, and South Africa, and uh, Brazil. But who knows? And the last thing I really wanted to hit on today or this week was um, 
uh, as of this morning, I guess, Uber is buying Drizzly. Um, that is uh, the alcohol delivery app. Um, I'm gonna play a little. Inter- I'm gonna play a little clip from CNBC and then come back on the other side because there's another part to Drizzly that I want to mention because now they're on their own. But I want to I wait. Let's let's quickly play the interview from CNBC and come back on the other side. Point out in the release, uh, you've added groceries, you've added prescriptions, and now alcohol. Uh, talk to us about the deal and why now. Well, for us, as you know, Uber Eats has been an incredibly successful part of our platform before the COVID uh, uh, hit us, the virus hit us. But during this time, uh, our delivery business has been growing at extraordinary rates. Uh, And we essentially want to double down. We doubled down initially on grocery, uh, and now we're doubling down on the delivery of alcohol. Drizzly is by far the leader in the space. They have grown very quickly, but they've grown the right way. And we think bringing Drizzly together with Uber allows Drizzly to essentially continue to extend its lead as we put Drizzly in front of the incredible Uber audience. So we think it's a win-win. It's a win for Uber because the, the Uber audience gets access to delivery of even more things to their doorstep instantly. And it's a win for Drizzly as well because their audience expands immediately overnight in a very, very big way. Now, Corey, we were talking about what's happened to in-home spirit consumption over the past year as we've seen this enormous wallet shift away from, uh, from eating out, drinking out. Um, can you just give us a sense of what gross bookings have been like for the last year? Well, it's been an extraordinary year. I mean, COVID obviously fueled a, a level of awareness for the consumer side that didn't exist, and the industry followed suit as well. So between that, we had over 330% growth last year, and we did it profitably, as Dara said. Uh, and that was fueled by building the infrastructure over the last eight years, waiting for this industry, trying to build this industry uh, to catch up to many other categories that are coming online, online at a much faster rate. So we actually think it's still a very nascent in what it can become. Uh, but between the combination of Uber and Drizzly's category expertise, we actually are incredibly excited about the acceleration of the coming years. Dar, it's Jim Craver. I got to thank you. As a restaurant and bar owner, you know we can't make it without alcohol, and you know that there are different restrictions in different cities. Uh, we were selling alcohol. If you order a margarita, we'll deliver it to you. We kind of, you know, obviously our restaurant was shut down like everybody else. But what I want to know is, can you uh, fur through th- this incredible nest of local regulations? Because we've been afraid historically to sell liquor to people who are underage, to people who are overserved. We don't want that liability. At the same time, we want to do priority delivery that you introduce that could give us a little bit extra vig, so to speak, because we... alcohol to stay a lot. Can you help me on some of these questions? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. So I think one of the unique histories of Uber is that we have been locally regulated since we were born, essentially, as a company. So we're very familiar with and comfortable with the myriad of local regulations uh, all over the world, not just in the U.S., but uh, outside the U.S. as well. So we've been comfortable within a regulatory environment and building systems that can operate at scale. 
but also can be customized so that we are following local, local regulations to the letter, to the T. Uh, and what impressed us with Drizzly as well is that the Drizzly founders, the, the team, from the very beginning wanted to innovate, but wanted to innovate in the right way. And they have worked with local regulators, and they've really built Drizzly the right way so that we can now be confident going to merchants, whether they're alcohol merchants or restaurant merchants, and letting them know that we have a safe and effective way for you to sell alcohol, which is incredibly high uh, margin, to an expanded audience. We check ID. We're using the same technology, for example, to that checks to see if drivers have their masks on to essentially go out and identify uh, the buyer of alcohol and make sure that that buyer is of age. So I think we built an ecosystem that can scale, and we we built an ecosystem that can that that can scale the right way safely. Okay, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Drizzly, Drizzly is an alcohol delivery service um, that if you if you heard in the interview is up three hundred and thirty percent. First of all, if you own one of the if you own the largest North American alcohol um, app based distribution platform in this country, and you're a year old, not even. And a pandemic hits and keeps everybody at home and shuts down every bar. If you can't make that do 300, 500, 800, 10,000% what you were doing, then you're not even just getting by in that market. So to me, I don't know. At the part when I heard that from the Drizzly CEO that they're only up 330%, year to date uh 2020 to 2019 i was like wait seriously like you only came up 3.3 times as much volume as you were doing in pre-pandemic i mean no bars open i mean this and you were just getting started this thing should be this thing should be everybody should be using it but now let's hit the other side of this coin because what's really odd here is that Drizzly has a sister company called Lantern. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Lantern or what they do. Lantern is a cannabis delivery platform for the states in which it would apply. So Lantern can deliver your weed to your house. Drizzly can deliver your booze. And they've kind of sister company to the point where they're almost married. Um, so Lantern will not be acquired by Uber. Uber wants nothing to do with it. And they're, it took me a little digging to find it, but specifically they will not be involved in Lantern. This isn't long-term looking. The sister companies, Drizzly and Lantern, are going to have to demerge in the first half of 2021 so that Uber can take over Drizzly. So, again, I mean, Uber's paying $1.1 billion for Drizzly, okay? Um, I'm really confused how – I'm curious as somebody who's been in the bar industry for many years myself – um, the carding situation seems like it's going to get very sketchy. Um, and I hate to say this, but just as I always took it up as a priority of mine to make sure that I did not take minors, and even to the extent that other people did t- not take minors, 
and that, you know, we went to some pretty great lengths here in Denver. That was a passion project of mine because I was having to cancel so many rides of underage riders or riders using their parents' account. Well, I think that we're going to see that times a billion um, for Drizzly here. I mean, you're going to get kids who will tip the drivers 20, 40, 60 bucks cash um, to look the other way. Uh, you're going to get, it, I just, I see a lot of issues here. I know that Drizzly has been around for a little bit, but I don't think it's been on the scale. Like, like Dara said, and I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan, fan of Uber Dara. Um, but um, like he said there, you know, like they've never had the marketing platform of Uber yet. That's true. They haven't. So now now we'll see. Now we'll see what happens here because I see a lot of issues. I see a lot of problems. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just uh, – I, I guess we'll just have to watch that one. Um, the last thing I want to talk about here tonight, uh, this week, is the uh, – up here in – Colorado, uh, we had a person in Breckenridge uh, just a few days ago who, th- this last weekend, a driver who was, uh, they're using the term hit, but he was more just kind of like uh, the the passenger was, uh, you know, had a few drinks and just kind of like with the back of his hand swatted him in, d- in the shoulder, like really no pain at all just kind of was in the back seat and did that but still it was done at a point if you watch the video which you can find up on uberliftdrivers.com you can see the article uber uh, mask argument leads to court date for breckenridge tourist Uh, take a look at that video in there Um, it's pretty crazy Uh, but yeah so basically this guy from florida wouldn't didn't have a mask Um, the driver provided him uh, he, him and his wife were reluctant to put them on. The wife put it on when the driver directly asked the passenger asked, what are you afraid of COVID? And the driver's like, can you just put your mask on? Ended up that he had to call nine one one after the little hit. Um, the guy is now being, um, he's going to have a court date for this, but also there's a little more to this. The hotel where the guy was staying, he also did the same thing with the back of his hand, uh, about a mask to one of the people at the hotel. And he, he hit this lady in the arm the same way he hit the driver. And so now we're looking at a couple cases of him anti-masking, just kind of running around Summit County and, uh, anti-masking here in Colorado and, and giving pe- getting in people's faces. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, we all have our different views on this, but again, the anti-mask rants or people like this in my book, I, I, I kind of hope they do throw the book at them, you know, for whatever it can be in this kind of situation. Cause people just aren't learning. And, um, that's fine that that's this guy's view, but he should be in his own car and not drinking and driving, um, you know, or he should be in vehicles where, um, in Florida where people don't care if that's the people he's with. I don't know. I, I really don't know what to say. Um, I think we all still need to mask up until things are better. I think we're starting to move a little too quickly and it's probably going to backfire on us. Personal opinion. 
I've thought for the last few months, we've done really well through the holidays, through Thanksgiving, Christmas. I thought we did a really good job keeping it even keel. Um, the numbers not going too high, even though, yes, they did go high. But they they didn't get like crazy like we were all a little worried about. And now here we are past it, and you know it seems to be getting a little too lax right now. But we'll see. I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I would I would hope that people would still that everybody out there is still taking the mask thing very seriously. Um, so this week, uh, that's it. That's all I got this week, guys. Um, but next week we have uh, a special guest. Um, we have upstate New York, uh, John, who does a uh, YouTube channel out of there. And uh, in two weeks from that, or I'm sorry, three weeks from now, uh, we have Lifting with Larry. You guys might know him. He's been around for a while doing a podcast and some other things, but uh, we're going to get him on. And then um, the weekend between, I don't know. I don't have the calendar in front of me. <laughs> but anyways, guys, uh, that was it. Just a quick little summary of this week. Um, you know, I even though it's a little shorter, you know, I still do it. It's a weekly thing. Uh, I want to shout out to our boys in Michigan, to Jason, to the Gig Economy Podcast, uh, to my team, Para with para.com uh, check out the rideshare rodeo.com check out uberliftdrivers.com march 1st is our four year anniversary of uberliftdrivers.com so um yeah um worldwide views got you know people in every country come to that website so uh, rideshare drivers from all over we've made contact with and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you back here next week. Y'all take care of each other and, uh, have a great week and we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.